Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning. Scott Luton and Greg White with you here on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's show. Greg, how you doing? I'm doing pretty well, Scott. Watching the weather a little bit, but uh, yeah, doing good. Seems Out. to have turned in our favor, so that's good. Uh, that's great. Actually, by the time this airs, nobody will know what we're talking about. Will they? <laughs> well, you know, getting sight. Yeah, that's right. Hopefully. I tell you, uh, our thoughts and prayers certainly go out to all the folks uh, across the Southeast dealing with yet another storm. So, um, But on a much lighter note, Greg, looking forward to a great show here today as we're going to be talking about really forward-looking procurement leadership and its impact on organizations and industry in today's ever-changing environment. Should be a great show, huh? Always. I love I love talking about leadership and particularly all this procurement and supply chain jazz. It seems like Seems like suddenly people are interested in that. Uh, and that's a great thing. That's a great thing. So with that said, no further ado, I'd like to welcome in our esteemed guest here today, Jonathan Foster, Senior Director of Procurement with Lanter Delivery Systems. Jonathan, how you doing? Well, I'm doing lovely. Yourself, sir? Doing wonderful. Thanks for your time here today. Can't wait for your perspective. And of course, Robert Mintus, Director, uh, Managing Director, rather, for Central for Omnia Partners. Robert, how you doing? Doing well. It's a beautiful day here in Chicago, so can't complain. Oh, man, from uh, what a one of our favorite global cities in Chicago. I'm already got you've already got all kinds of food memories going through my mind. Thank you so right. much, Robert, making us hungry. <laughs> um, okay, so what we want to do, kind of continuing on that theme, want to get to know y'all a little bit better. We've enjoyed the pre-show conversation, of course. We've enjoyed a variety of conversations with our friends at Omnia Partners. Jonathan, welcome to the the, the family here. Um, so let's get to know y'all a little better. And and Jonathan, we'll start with you. So tell us where you grew up and give us some of your anecdotes from your upbringing, Jonathan. I'm from North Central Arkansas, middle of the Ozarks, um, what I affectionately call God's country. So <laughs> beautiful place to uh, to be from, especially in the fall. Um, and yeah, my family, uh, very, I guess would say humble, uh, humble beginnings in that they very blue collar, uh, centered around the logging industry. And, and I find a lot of that, those mindsets of that hard work um, still permeate today in, in my day to day. I like to say I'm bringing a blue collar mindset to a white collar world a lot of time. Oh, I love that, love that, Greg. Yeah. That's a beautiful part of the country. So when I was younger, I lived in Springfield, Missouri, and we went to the Ozarks, Bull Shoals, all, all up and down the White River all the time. So it is a really, truly beautiful part of the country and definitely can relate to that hardworking thing. So you're not likely to be a quiet quitter, are you? No, no sir. No, sir. <laughs> you know, uh, going back to your comment there, Jonathan, about um, you know, kind of bringing that blue-collar mentality to work, there was a great defensive coordinator for Virginia Tech, and his name's going to escape me right now, but he brought – his whole moniker was like bringing this lunchbox. And it was like an analogy he taught with his team, you know, day in and day out. You, you, you can't, you got to bring it every single day. So I love that. I love what your upbringing taught you. So I got to ask you one more question before I flip over to Robert. So growing up in Arkansas, what is one food dish 
or a meal or restaurant or whatever that was inseparable from your upbringing, Jonathan? Biscuits and gravy. Biscuits and gravy. <laughs> my grandma's table, my mama's table, wherever. Oh. Throw, throw me some biscuits and gravy and you got, you got a happy balding Southern guy. So <laughs> a bald Southern guy now. So. Oh, man. I love it. Okay. So now that we're really starving for uh, lunch, thank you so much, Jonathan. Robert, uh, same same question. You know, tell us where you grew up and 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 kind of give us some of the flavor of your upbringing too. Oh sure, yeah. So I uh, born and raised here in the Chicagoland area. Um, I guess similar to Jonathan, uh, some uh, my parents were blue collar. Dad was a master mechanic, uh, station engineer for uh, uh, a corrugated box plant. My mom was a cleaning lady. Uh, actually, I had jobs with my dad uh, starting in high school. So, you know, I did random maintenance work around the plant. And then whenever my uncle worked there, too. So whenever he went out and took a break, I was the machine operator for the jumbo corrugated machine. Uh, probably can't do that these days, but uh, <laughs> learned a lot through that experience. <laughs> oh, that is so cool. What a special experience, Greg. Yeah. I mean, be able to work with your dad day in and day out at the, at the plant, right? Oh, well, also, yeah. with big machinery, what's better for a kid, right, than getting – it's like it's like a full-size toy, right, oh, yeah. those, those <laughs> things. That's awesome. Yeah, so, exactly. same question uh, as a follow-up question, Robert. I bet Here growing up in the We're Chicago – We're going to talk food in Chicago, aren't <laughs> got we? Got to, man. Oh, got to. How much time do we got? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> so, so, to help narrow it down, you're growing up in Chicago land, what a, a special upbringing that is as well. Um, what's one food dish inseparable from your childhood? Oh, sure. So I guess every Chicago, um, let's say, suburb or location has their special pizza dish, right? And it's different than the next town over, different than nobody's ever heard of it, but it kind of brings you back to your childhood, so to speak. Um, so I'd say Phil's Pizza. Uh, down on uh, you know 87th and State Road is is, is my local pizza joint. Love that! Shout yeah. out to Phil, Greg. Phil yeah. loves pizza. <laughs> hey, you know what? It's good to hear about some of the other places besides the usual the usual stops, right? There's no shortage of outstanding food in Chicago, and pizza has to be the top. That's right. Oh, yeah. And, and, and then I just to add on to that, Chicago's grown up from pizza and hot dogs. I would say we're one of the best culinary cities in the world. So we've got, you know, the best of the best. That's right. Yeah, my vote. Come and step up. <laughs> but I'm not sleeping. And I'd suggest you don't sleep on biscuits and gravy. So, uh, Jonathan, we're going to have to make a trip back to Arkansas and enjoy uh, and break some bread there. Okay. Well, hey, thanks for giving us a chance to get to know you all a little better and letting our audience get to know you both a little better. Um, where are we going next, Greg, with uh, the dynamic duo here? We probably ought to find out what these guys do for a living at some point, don't you think? Sounds good. So maybe we can uh, we can start with you, Robert. Give us an idea, you know, um, you know what your role is, and tell us a little bit about uh, Omnia, and and maybe share some of the basics around GPOs and that kind of thing. Oh, I'd be happy to. Um, so I basically help. Um, companies, enterprise level companies for so Fortune 1000s typically um, leverage a group purchasing organization. Um, so just to kind of give you a quick version of GPO 101, um, a group purchasing organization is uh, leverages the spend of its of its members uh, to get better pricing, terms and conditions than they can get on their own. Um, so 
just for some context, we have over $15 billion to spend going through uh, Omnia that we leverage. And we're typically going to be um, the top customer of our supplier partners. So not only are we delivering a great, call it price up front, but we're also uh, making sure that our members are customers of choice. So we expect that you get you know, great programs and great service as part of it. And then we have resources to support um, solutioning and the drive for continuous improvement over the course of the program. So that not only are you seeing you know, day one savings in terms of piece price, but we're also identifying you know, how do we um, improve the program from demand consumption, improve service levels, um, is there a better way, standardization, harmonization, depending on the category, there's lots of ways to drive down total cost of ownership and in some cases improve, you know, e even some revenue streams uh, for companies. So, you know, my, my role and responsibility is working with companies, especially on the front end of our engagement and relationship to truly partner and identify how to unlock all those resources and best utilize the model to in improve the return on effort um within within our model mm. very cool yeah i mean we've, we've talked a lot about gpos and a lot with some of your colleagues and it is just fascinating some of the stories some of the benefits that that companies have got um so i i think we're gonna have a lot of fun talking about about what you can you know what you can expect and what you can get out of a out of a gpo greg i was just right, gonna Jonathan, say I, uh, Go ahead. It, uh, what came to mind as he as he was explaining that is, you know, that that old phrase, it takes a village. But then what do you do when you have the village? You got to leverage the village, right? And bring that bring that uh, the, the power of the of the numbers to bear. So I love that. Um, and looking forward to learning a lot more from your perspective, Robert. Greg. Jonathan, I see that you are consuming the real fuel of the supply chain and procurement industry. <laughs> Coffee. Uh, <laughs> That's what really keeps supply chain moving. 100%. So, so we know a little bit about you, but uh, tell us a little bit about about your role at your at your group, and uh, you know, and and a little bit about how you know how you guys uh, started working together. You have a great story about what you brought to your current company, mm -hmm. so can't yeah. wait to hear you have have the audience hear you share that. Uh, so. Um, about 16, 17 months ago, um, I, I was a consultant for a pretty large uh, procurement organization. I led the U.S. supply chain and logistics part of their practice. Uh, and I heard about this, this opportunity to start a, a procurement organization within a, a relatively um, uh, mid-sized, mid-tier company that had never formally uh, created the function. Um, heard about an amazing leader who I work for, um, but it was really the challenge that I think we all look for and really an interesting company um, that it, I had been in the logistics space 20, this will be my 22nd year. So I, I affectionately called Lancer the, the biggest company I'd never heard of <laughs> and they grew organically. And it's really an amazing story where we deliver, you know, 1.5 million packages a week. And, and most people, you know, besides the automotive, the ag, and, and the heavy truck that we deliver parts in the middle of the night for, really didn't know us. But we had grown, and our CEO likes to say, we, we, 
we jumped in and figured it out. Our company's really good about jumping in and figuring it out. But what my leader and, and a couple others recognized is we we could take and embrace procurement and supply chain differently. Uh, so they created a role. They hired me. Um, and it was, uh, for me, I came in and it was, it was, they said, you, it's a green field, figure out how you want to do it. Well, I, I have a corny saying, and maybe it's still the consultant in me, but I, I like it. And, and it really goes to this saying is before you can, everybody wants to talk about best in class, uh, but before you can be best, you got to get better first. And, and I like that. I like that approach And the fastest way to get better is to embrace the GPOs, especially when you're so immature like we were. So I knew coming into this role that I had done business with other GPOs and I knew that I was going to uh, compete and actively solicit GPO partners. Um, I, I'll be honest, I didn't know Omnia, uh, but as I was leaving the procurement uh, consultancy, I was one of my peers said, hey, don't sleep on Omnia. Um, and then as I got here and as I was doing it, one of my former mentors um, said, hey, Omnia, you need to look at Omnia when you're looking at these companies. I like to use these things on the side of my head, not just the one on the front and, and get my ego out of the way. And so these are people I, I, I listen to. And um, so I pursued uh, Omnia, you know, at least an introduction. Uh, I competed um, uh, four GPOs, all great companies, um, but based on maturity, based on entry, you know, barriers to entry, based on just cultural fit within my, within my organization, it was very clear that Omnia was the right partner for me. And if I've got anything right in the first 15 months, I got it right. And it, they have embodied what I needed as a partner. So. Man, starting from scratch... It, I mean, it sounds overwhelming, but it's almost a blessing in disguise because you don't have any baggage as such, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm curious. Um, you know, there are so many, so many companies that are probably in the position you were, probably not the size that Lanter is. But, um, I mean, do you think, it, as you kind of reflect on that, do you think that is a way to go? Just start by going with a GPO? A hundred percent. And, um, you know, a lot of what I've seen a lot of people in my industry and everybody wants to think they're the best negotiator in the world. And, you know, I, I'm as I'm as good as I need to be or I, maybe I get lucky sometimes. But um, what I what I like is if you can get past your ego and you can say, hey, look, how can I get get out there and I can improve my organization at pace? What it allows you to do is adopt contracts that are already mostly negotiated. There's some nuances you can influence, but it's mostly done. So what it allows you to do is specifically in a place like where I'm at, I can focus on adoption and change management. Right. Because I was introducing something brand new and with some, and so I could focus on that and then my compliance. So it allowed me to impact the organization and make things much more sticky. And I would tell you candidly, and again, I've been doing this a head full of hair, 
Um, I would say there's some categories here that we can absolutely, I would say we are getting best and, and we're doing that through an adoption. And that's, you know, frankly speaking, that is being a part of the GPO and specifically through this Omnia program. So let's, um, we're going to get, we're going to jump into that, uh, jump into that head first, not dump into that, jump into that head first in just a second. Uh, I, I want to just really quick, make sure we level set. So lantern delivery systems in a nutshell, just for the handful of people out there that hadn't heard of them, Jonathan, what would, what, what do y'all do at the heart of, of the business? So we deliver automotive parts, ag heavy, ag uh, tractor parts, heavy truck. We deliver that when most people are sleeping. Okay. We have 95% of our product we pick up this afternoon and evening and will be delivered tomorrow morning by 8 a.m. Okay, and wonderful. And so that is our role. And folks can learn more at lanterdeliverysystems.com. Of course, we'll include that in the show notes. Um, so Jonathan, you, you, you have jam-packed that. And, and Robert, I'm coming back to you for a quick second. Did you hear what he said? Because um, evidently biscuits and gravy are going to be the theme throughout. He said, don't sleep on Omnia Partners and don't sleep on biscuits and gravy there, right? Starting from scratch. <laughs> um, so, Robert, what else would you add? You know, Jonathan was kind of describing uh, the genesis of how you've worked together now, I think 14 months roughly. Uh, elaborate a little bit more on that. And then Greg and I, we're going to take it kind of in a, in a uh, different direction in terms of what else GPOs can deliver. Robert, your thoughts? Oh, absolutely. And, and Jonathan's been a, a great partner. So we really strategically aligned with his vision, his goals and objectives, and really leveraged the ecosystem um, within Omnia. And when I say ecosystem, it's not just the, the categories that, that we have. We've got over 100 supplier partners that, that companies could leverage. But it's also, you know, uh, other members that are going through similar experiences. Uh, we've got lots of um, experience with people, process, technology, and can help provide some some avenues to improve on those, and some guidance, and and connect with other members that uh, that have uh, the unbridled feedback of the good, bad, and ugly <laughs> of what they've gone through, right? Of of any sort of initiative. So you know, I think there is untapped value there, just leverage that leveraging that entire ecosystem, not just the kind of the pre-negotiated contracts that we have to bear. Love that. Okay, that's perfect foreshadowing for where we want to take the conversation next. And Greg, as you know, and many of our listeners may know, uh, we recently conducted a, a great webinar-focused conversation, really dialed in on the value GPOs bring to the table, in particular when it comes to helping business leaders mitigate their risks in this ever-complex environment. And, you know, to, to piggyback on what Robert shared in the last point there, Greg, one of our favorite phrases that came out of that conversation was three bids and a cloud of dust. Greg, speak to what you know what that um, what Mark was sharing in that conversation, and I'll keep moving forward with our guests here. Yeah, so that uh, you know that's sort of the old school way of doing things, and I think um, I think there's value in that, of course, but it doesn't have to always be that way. And I think what we've seen is this evolution of companies to um, you know to leverage the group. Right, we talked about that the other day on that webinar. Um, you know, leverage the power of the group because I think we talked about $2 million categories that companies have shared that they don't even look at. They can't even really adequately manage because that's a relatively low amount of spend for some companies, right? But imagine whatever that threshold is for a particular company, that's, that's a even lower amount relative to the total at Omnia. But think about this, they have a hundred customers with 
with a five hundred thousand or two million dollar category. So it adds up to be something meaningful for them, and it and it allows them to put the appropriate resources behind it and make sure that 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 gets managed appropriately. So that's um, what should we call that, Scott? That's the uh, <laughs> that's the new type of offer. That's the RPO. The GPO is the RPO, right? The run pass option <laughs> offense. Let's, we'll go with it. We'll go with it. Maybe Robert's going back to share GPO, some bears. RPO, that's a lot of O's. <laughs> and and Greg, I, there's value to managing that category strategy, right? Because three bids and a cloud of dust, there's diminishing returns on that on that yeah. strategy, right? It, it works on a transactional buy, but if it's a recurring um, if it's a recurring spend, what you what you'll notice is what you bought last year isn't necessarily what you're going to buy next year or the following year or definitely in year three of that contract. Right, so you, you'll see some price creeps, some diminishing returns if you just shelve that contract in the top drawer and never see, see it again. And the supplier is going to make it up on the back end, right? Yeah, of course they are. A highly profitable account. Whereas we actively manage the agreement, make sure that it's market competitive every day of the week. But more importantly, we're making sure that we're driving program improvements through the life cycle of that contract. So you're actually seeing continuous improvement and continuous value being delivered um, year over year. Um, and we report on that uh, to help our members, you know, just put it up the chain so they could see the uh, the shareholder return or EBITDA improvement that, that we're helping drive towards the organization. And you can see through the cost to quality as well, because when you do that three bids in a cloud of dust, you always find a new sucker every year. Nobody falls for it <laughs> twice, right? So and so you have inconsistent quality as you were talking about, or or in, maybe even inconsistent products, and um, you know because every vendor thinks we'll get in there with low price and price is a, a huge part of the decision making almost all the time. Uh, we'll get in there with a low price and then we'll be able to build something up. Well, sometimes they can't, and when they find they can't, they don't bid again next year. So you don't have that consistency a lot of times. So, Jonathan, you were going to add something to here, this discussion. Oh, sorry, Jonathan. Okay. No, 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 no problem at all. I was just going to say more than the price, they're managing the relationship and allows you to build a relationship. And more than anything, I think if the last couple of years have taught us anything, relationship matters and relationship with your suppliers matters. Yeah. So, Excellent yeah, point. I think somebody said at the beginning of the, of the COVID outbreak, it's too late to make friends now. <laughs> right. If you've mistreated or haven't been in touch with a particular supplier, it's too late now. So, yeah. And so I think true. that's that's really, really important because you are you guys mentioned the term customer of choice. Right. You are that customer of choice simply by virtue of being part of a GPO. And I, mm. I think that's important. They manage the relationship and and then you get the waterfall effect of that. That's right. All right. So let me jump in here. Um, cause in Greg, Greg, you and Jonathan, the point you made there, relationships matter. That has been a steady drum beat, common theme through, uh, gosh, a thousand episodes here at supply chain now. So, uh, and that's, that's a great silver lining to what we've been through, right? I think there's gonna be a lot of good being created and value being created because of those lessons learned. Okay. So as well as teeing up this segment, and then we dove into a lot of goodness there, been there, done that goodness. Um, we really want to uh, pick your brain, Jonathan, and come back to you first is your perspective on how GPO, you, you were a moment ago, y'all, you saw Jonathan, he was backing up that Lantern delivery systems truck to the deck. It was chock full of a bunch of experiences and lessons learned, and he was about to unload it. Now is the time, Jonathan. So talk to us about how you've seen 
you know, GPOs, Omnia partners in this case really help, you know, your organization and you as a business leader through this, this really complex environment. Yeah. So if you look at certain categories, uh, it, it's, we work at pace. Uh, we call it lantern pace, which is, means we work pretty fast. We, we take a lot of pride in being adaptive and taking our customers' demands and trying to solve them. Um, but what that does is it doesn't allow a lot of time for a lot of, well, let's stretch this out to multiple months or, you know, we, we need to make change. And when we do that, it needs to, like, if I think about adoption, it needs to be relatively easy so I don't disrupt my operations team who are on a mission to f- take care of our customers. And so if I look at the first couple things we tackle, if you look at MRO, you look at office supplies, um, you look at in, in uh, the uh, our rental car programs, okay, and travel. These, these are categories, and, and you were talking about that small spend. I call that, as a consultant, we call that the tail spend. And, and that tail spend, and, and these are important categories, but they're relatively easy adoptions. So you can come in, you can leverage, um, you know, uh, an Office Depot contract. Let's just say you, know, you come in there or a national enterprise contract and you can get really good aggressive pricing, but you can get a relationship that supports the mission of my, your organization. So it is a fast way of coming in and making an impact. And so that's what we learned. Because again, I'm trying to, who's this, you know, this long-winded country boy coming in here trying <laughs> to impact our organization? And what it did is it let me show significant, significant double digit gains, okay, a base compared to what we were able to get on our own. Do that, do it at pace, and do it where it was relatively easy to adopt. And so that to me was what we've been able to accomplish in short order. I don't know if I answered the question exactly. But no, you did, you really did. Uh, and by the way, new moniker. The Wayland Jennings of global supply chain, right here, and, and Jonathan Gregg. I, I'm not sure where Wayland Jennings grew up. Uh, I'm a bet Arkansas or somewhere in that region, but uh, Jonathan, keep it coming. There's um, no shortage of long-winded country boys in Nashville either. <laughs> by the right. way, <laughs> all right. So a lot of good, uh, you know, that speed to change, that that speed to value, that um, that is so valuable, regardless if you're a startup um, or if you're a, a medium-sized business, or you know. Enterprises don't, you know, enterprises, big global organizations don't change. You know, they turn like aircraft carriers. However, initiatives within them, you know, that speed is really, really important. So I, th- I appreciate you sharing there. So Robert, uh, piggybacking what he shared there, you know, in terms of that that speed to value, or what else do you see um, GPOs in general bringing value to the table? Oh sure. Um, when we speak about speed to, to value. One of the biggest hurdles to get there is typically data, especially in the indirect world and especially in a lot of the categories that we discussed, and especially when uh, it's a brand new organization. <laughs> so, and, and typically, if you're doing it on your own, it's a chicken and the egg. You got to get good data to get a good contract, right? But you can't get the data until you get some sort of program in place, right? So, what do you do? Well, we help cut through that um, and 
it doesn't matter what your spend is. It could be a hundred thousand, could be a million, could be 10 million. You, we've got pre-negotiated programming and you're getting the best pricing that, that's out there. So we can help solve for that, for that data complexity. But we also want to make sure, because it's an important part of change management, right? Because if you don't know what the value that you're delivering is, and if you don't have any data, it's hard to kind of sell it to the stakeholders. I would, it, I, I'm also an ex-consultant or yeah, I, would, I would actually call myself a current consultant within the role that I'm in. But um, you can have the best program in the world, but if, if your stakeholders aren't on board, if you can't sell it to your stakeholders, you're not going to have any adoption or compliance, which is a big topic today. So I'm always a big fan of getting some sort of data, right? Let's go figure it out. Let's find out who a major stakeholder is, a major influencer that'll help advocate on behalf of the program if we could deliver uh, that value prop uh, to that stakeholder. So let's have some sort of baseline um, and with a key influencer, make sure that there's value that will hit the bottom line and that we could report on it through the program, um, ongoing program execution. Um, and then we have a business case so that the organization could be on board. And then any any stakeholders that are maybe laggards on that technology curve, so to speak, we can help guide them along because it's clear and undoubtable that there's value and benefit to them in the program. Mm. And so I, I always like the clear hurdles because without clearing those hurdles, that that uh, that, that kind of diminishes the value and, and uh, makes things a lot harder at the end of the process. Well, you, you know, and Greg, I'm going to get your take here, but one of the things I heard you speaking to there, Robert, is the power of confidence to add that velocity, right? Confidence in data, confidence in the direction, you name it. I mean, that really helps helps build trust in the path uh, that we're going and speeds it up in many ways. Greg, what did you hear there between what Jonathan shared and Robert shared? Well, you know, we talk about this a lot. It's the, it is the, it's leverage, right? I mean, it's the power of the group. It's, the power of being part of something really, really big and having something really, really big be part of your organization. You know, um, you can benefit from the relationships. You can benefit from the economic effect, right? We, you know, we called it scale economies shared. This is, as we talked about the other day, this is a the best kind of business. That's the the Googles, the Amazons, the the Costcos, the WalMarts. Right. The Ford Motor Company who took an eight hundred dollar car down to a two hundred dollar car because of production efficiencies and shared that with their with their customers. In this case, that's exactly what GPOs and Omnia in particular are doing with their members is they're taking this the the power of scale economies and sharing that with all their members. And and it's every single one of those scale economies that may be of course fiscal right it's certainly relationship but there are all kinds of other benefits as well it's also the input of the other members of the organization where you can share ideas share thoughts or learn from the things that omnia learns from from all of those varied businesses that they they work with mm. well said uh greg very holistic um okay so i want to move forward kind of forward looking here um you know uh, Jonathan, tell us about what's coming next for Lantern de Delivery Systems. And really quick before you do, um, as we talked about pre-show, I keep wanting to add an, a constant N on the front end. <laughs> and here on the tail end of Halloween, has anyone ever been to Green Lantern at the organization? Because if not, you someone <laughs> someone needs to step up and dress up as a Green Lantern next year. But anyway. The Green Lantern. 
I, <laughs> right. I, I digress. <laughs> Sorry, my, my son. I can picture my son Ben getting a kick out of that. But all right. So getting aside, as we look into 2023 and beyond, I mean, clearly y'all have come so far. Uh, Jonathan, with some of the cool things you're doing, both what you're leading, what you're leveraging, Robert and the whole Omnia Partners team to do. What's next? You know, what's next for the organization? Yeah. So I want to build off a point you just made and it'll talk about our go forward. For me, there's, you know, my old man used to say that there's only so much yourself you can sell in any given day. Make sure you're selling it to the right people. Mm. But mentally, there's only so much time I can focus on any given category and I touch all of the categories. And what what the GPO allows me to do is put some and focus my team on adoption while I focus my attention on maybe bigger, more strategic programs that are outside the GPO as well. So it's what time they buy me in mental space that allows me to impact. So when I go forward, we're focusing on a couple of things. We're focused on a couple strategic things that are outside the GPO program, but I'm also working inside and partnering with Rob and, and the team of what I call second pass. We're, we're still making first pass on certain categories, but we're going to come through and we're going to, if you look at safety vest, you know, right now, yes, I'm getting a better price through my MRO supplier, but what I'm able to do now is optimize on where do I get within that skew, that best vest that meets my safety requirements in that. So I'm going to focus in on that. And that is where we're going to see and then focus on where my leakage is. And, and then, you know, we're, we're in why and, and, and have an honest question of why. And, and the great thing I love about Omnia and this program is we can say, well, we're hearing this. We're hearing this. And I have a partner, almost like a big brother, to help me solve that. I'm not trying to solve everything by myself. I'm collaborating to find that. So it gives me the mental space on these other areas, but also these other, these tail categories are where this leakage. So that's what is next for us. No sitting on laurels there at all. Uh, Greg, I'm going to get your comment in just a second. I'll give Robert an opportunity to speak to that first. And Robert, I'd love for you to speak to what um, Jonathan just shared there. But as a quick follow-up, I'd love for you to speak to are, are all the – I mean, Jonathan gets it clearly. Are all the folks that you're working with as um, – uh, I want to say I don't want to say evolved, but you know, as savvy as Jonathan in his uh, in his ability. Yeah, I would. Not everybody is uh, as uh, quick and agile as as Jonathan. He's been a, a great partner in looking to drive significant value in a fairly quick amount of time, uh, and he's very collaborative and very open and transparent. Um, you know, with the, the good and also the areas for improvement. And we appreciate that because we all have areas for improvement that, that that we need to recognize. And if we don't recognize, we can't improve upon, right? So he's he's been a great partner from that perspective. I wish everybody was like Jonathan. I am with you. I'm with you. Um, and it looks like the path ahead is going to have plenty of the uh, more of the same, but more of the, of, of the new as well, right, Robert? Yeah, I, I would kind of break it off into three tranches. Uh, one is um, w within Omni, because of the, the partnership that we have with Lanter, we're actually looking to invest um, in, in like a uh, spend visibility tool to help identify spend under management, where that leakage is, and really help develop strategies on driving that, that compliance slash adoption. Uh, but first, we got to recognize where it is, develop a plan to address, and then go upon and execute upon it. 
um, as well as provide some resources to help with that, with the execution of that. Um, secondly is the continuous improvement over the programs that we do have implemented. So now we have some data, some good data uh, for you know 20 categories that we've worked with Jonathan on. Um, and so now is there a better way? Right. And so we'll, we'll start doing some data mining and then identify, you know, is there a better cost option? Is there some o, um, OEMs that we could go back and get a second level of discount uh, by being able to leverage um, some, some spend with specific OEMs, uh, demand consumption reduction, et cetera. So there's uh, a whole continuous improvement strategy that I would consider part of that second tranche. And then third, yeah, there may be some some new areas that that we we partner on, like facility services or maybe IT that that we can uh, work together on for a, a new wave of opportunity. But first, we got to solidify the foundation of what we built first, so that we can build upon it. Okay, man, uh, Greg, uh, lots of clarity uh, between these two here. Your thoughts on what they just shared? I think the best thing about what what Robert and Jonathan are talking about is you don't have to be Jonathan to benefit. And it's probably it's probably better for you. I mean, from a from a relative impact standpoint, if you're not a Jonathan, right? If you're a Billy Bob, which Jonathan, you must have met. Uh, <laughs> I, I know I did in Springfield. Um, but, um, but you know, if you're, you know, if you're not as adept as Jonathan, you're not as as visionary, you're not as educated, but um, but, or evolved. I like evolved, by the way, that term, I think you can get even more benefit. If you, if you can't have the focus or don't have the strategic ability, that's something that a GPO can help you with as well, right? The, the foresight or the, the, um, vision of, of what procurement could be for your organization and what other things you could be spending your time on if you're not spending it on, Got to say it again, three bids and a cloud of dust. <laughs> and Greg, you, you have a good point there, right? What we're trying to help accomplish is uh, taking some of the tactical things off people's plates, right? And help them become more strategic and focus on driving significant value creation across the organization. And we're a tool in that tool set to help them become more strategic, right? Yeah. Okay, man, I love that. All right. So we're coming down the home stretch here because I'm either going to go get some Phil's pizza or I'm going to get Grandma Foster's biscuits and gravy, one or the other for lunch here today. Uh, but Robert, uh, I want to want to pose this next question to you because as we talked about pre-show, there is a uh, a wonderful movement afoot uh, for years now, where much like years ago, supply chain finally got to seat at the table and gotten recognized for the value it really brings and and how much it is the business. Well, procurement's seen a lot of that as well now, which is great—a wonderful development. Our, you know, this conversation has really been speaking to the power of procurement and in a very forward-looking way. So, uh, I'm gonna go around the panel and get everybody's take here. So, what are your thoughts? I will stick with you, Robert, on the evolving role—more evolving, uh, evolvement, maybe—the uh, evolving role and perception of the procurement function. I'll call it. Oh, sure. I'm going to leverage some of my other experiences. I'm also past president of ISM here in Chicago and um, helped start a procurement executive roundtable over the past few years. Um, and so what we've seen is supply chain and procurement has really helped companies um, that utilize it uh, in, the, in an appropriate way make that a strategic advantage for their company in the marketplace. All right. And Greg had mentioned a couple examples earlier right what what ford did and you know the 
Costco's and the Walmart's, you know, their um, uh, business cases for when you unlock the power of supply chain and procurement, um, you basically um, kind of take over your industry by being able to turn that into competitive advantage, right? Because you're able to, you know, have better cost products, better value products, can deliver it, you know, I needed an hour and, you know, a drone pops up and, and gets me what I need, <laughs> right? That's kind of where, where the industry is going. That's right. Um, and so not only are we getting a, a, the, the seat to the table, so to speak, but um, be making sure that we utilize it to become that strategic advantage um, and to help our companies accelerate um, in, in our industries. Well said. Uh, and and the savvy C-level leaders and other leaders are taking more advantage. Are, they're seeing the light and they're leaning into um, the, the value offering you just spoke to there, Robert. Jonathan, uh, what are your thoughts along the same lines? You know, folks were finally having the eureka moments on on the impact that procurement uh, expertise can have. Uh, I think it's an interesting time. So as you pointed out earlier in the conversation, early part of the, you know, the COVID periods, you know, people figured out that relationship that maybe they had been neglecting really did matter. And they treated that three clouds. And to me, that bid and three clouds in it, and you burn the relationships and you move on, you, you've now burned a relationship. Even if you don't award business, keeping a relationship with that supplier, you know, and, and explaining, taking the time to explain why you didn't do that. So you keep that. But I think what's what's evolving and what's coming is how many people forget those lessons. So if we do have a, a recessionary period, you know, I made the brilliant career decisions to go in, go into the heavy construction industry in May of 2008. Not a more lovely business to be in. And, but it, it was, you know, I learned a lot of lessons about that period and how we treated our suppliers as our business really struggled to stay alive. And as companies, if there is, you know, uncertainty in a, in a company, how they treat them, because, you know, when I was at, at a big carrier, we had a, um, a saying that said shippers had long memories, but, but so do carriers and so do your suppliers. So I think how you when you've spent the last couple of years in saying, hey, we're, we're in this together. I need you. We're partners. Right. It, it, how you treat them. And how you treated them in that bid and how you treated them when things maybe flip the other way um, in your favor. I think that's what's coming is I think we're going to say, okay, do these scars stay with us? Or are we just going to rip off that Band-Aid and act like it didn't happen? I think that's what's going to be interesting. Well said, Jonathan. Uh, like baseball closers, we can add them to that list. They got to have to have a, a terrible memory. Uh, Greg. Uh, it's interesting to hear Robert and Jonathan speak to kind of the evolving role and, and influence um, and presence of procurement out there in um, the C-suite. What's your thoughts here, Greg? I think there's still there's still a lot of room for improvement, frankly. I mean, as much as people in the procurement industry or segment, whatever you want to call it, have have seen a lot of that, I think there's still a lot of room for enlightenment in the executive, executive suite. Um, and I think, you know, you have to keep pressing it. It's very similar with supply chain it, and it was very similar, um, pro maybe with procurement, but very similar with supply chain as we started to come out of the disruptions of the pandemic for people to backslide into their old ways. Right. And, um, I think you have to keep the spotlight on 
the fact that this is such a powerful portion of your business. And I mean, I, I think again, the, the difficulty that Jonathan, you described there in, in, you know, in maintaining um, the relationships, but also maintaining the focus on, on improvement. I think that's just a, another case for why you would outsource this. And I think more and more businesses will do that over time. You know, mm -hmm. we talk about this a lot, the new brands, the new retailers, they are um, buying companies or outsourcing to companies and letting those companies run on their own, gaining the benefit of that, uh, those, those shared economies and, um, and sort of doing what they do best. Right. Um, I, I know Lanter has a lot of internal skills, but you know that what they do best is deliver parts. Right. And it also allows you that freeing strategic discussion that we had earlier it allows not just Jonathan to do that, but the entire organization and whatever your organization is to focus more on your core values and on your core gifts and skills, right? And strengths and make those stronger if you don't have to worry so much about some of these other things that are really super complex and hard to master and hard to staff for and hard to scale uh, in your business. It's just so much better to be able to have someone create a, a great skill set for you and and the scale of those relationships and allow you to focus a lot more on your core. So you don't have to have 25 people in procurement. I don't know what size your organization is, but uh, Jonathan, but having started from scratch, it's probably fairly small if you went immediately to a GPO. Um, and even if you have all those people, those people can be doing more strategic things like you talked about. Absolutely. And it goes to the heart of, of building more competitive advantage in the business. Uh, so I love that, uh, Greg. Great comment there. And Jonathan, Robert, I really appreciate you weighing in on what we're seeing, uh, some of the trends out there in terms of the rise of procurement. I'm not going to be dramatic, but uh, it's, it's been cool to see the last few years. Um, okay. So I want to make sure, folks, as we start to wind down here today, I want to make sure folks know how to connect with you both, whether they want to compare notes with you. Uh, Jonathan, would they want to have you come in and speak to their their group or association or something? And Robert, if they want to sit down and have a have a meaningful conversation with you and kick the tires on on the Omnia Partners uh, value prop. Uh, so, Jonathan, start with you. Uh, so as we mentioned earlier, uh, the company website lanterndeliverysystems.com. And how can folks connect with you? I, I would say LinkedIn is probably the best path. Just shoot me a connection, shoot me a message. Happy to have a conversation. Outs to over a hot cup of uh, Dunkin' coffee, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Love it. Um, we really appreciate your time with us here, Jonathan. Robert, uh, uh, same question to you. Uh, and and uh, how can folks connect with you? How can they connect with Omnia Partners? And tell us about this, uh, just how easy it is to get started, maybe. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you can connect with me on, on LinkedIn. Uh, my contact information is there. It's probably the easiest way to share. Uh, if you want to learn more about Omnia Partners, it's omniapartners.com, so fairly easy to remember. Um, and then it's it's free to join, um, no commitments, no obligations. Um, so it's it's fairly easy, especially in the enterprise space. We have to earn our value every day, right, and every year. So we, we try to make sure that we tailor our strategy to, to meet um, our, our members' objectives. And so we try to make it as easy as possible and eliminate all hurdles. Okay, so Greg, on the webinar earlier that we referenced earlier, a lot of folks were surprised at that in terms of uh, being able to free uh, uh, join for free. Uh, that's quite a, uh, it's like a, they'll prove it. They're willing to prove it, huh? We're willing to prove it. I mean, 
We need to eat our own dog food, Scott. Let's <laughs> seriously, we're signing up. We're signing up, Robert. Let's do it. Uh, well, hey, uh, really enjoyed today's conversation. It was really um, touched on a lot of different aspects, both procurement related and general business and leadership and change uh, and innovation related. So, big thanks to Jonathan Foster, Senior Director of Procurement with Lantern Delivery Systems. Thank you, Jonathan. Uh, Robert Mintus, Managing Director for Central for Omnia Partners. Robert, thanks so much. I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. You bet. Thanks, gentlemen. But hey, we're not going to let y'all go just yet because I want to put Greg on the spot here. We've covered so much You're going to make him listen to that, aren't you? Yes, I've got to because, you know, I've got about my 17 pages of notes here between Jonathan and Robert's uh, uh, expertise and experiences and whatnot. But Greg, as we wrap here, what if, if folks forget everything else, what's the one thing that our listeners have got to leave this conversation with in mind? Well, I've said this before, and we do talk about this internally. It's group. Purchasing organization, that's valuable, but group is the power here, right? The power of bringing everyone together, of, of having um, all of these external organizations creating the, these shared uh, economies, right? And... Um, and allowing you to to leverage the power of that huge group. The, it takes a village thing, but it's it's much bigger than a village, and it's much more interactive than that because everybody has one common interest, right? Their procurement, uh, and and we're focused on a singular thing as this group, and it is incredibly powerful. And I, I mean it when we say we're doing it um, because it's it's just too powerful for us, and it's. You know, I think of this as our business case, Scott, mm-hmm. right? This is something that I think you and I in particular, possibly two of the worst negotiators. <laughs> the only way Scott and I can win at negotiating <laughs> is negotiating with each other, and then we both lose, which I guess is a win. Um, but I think, that, you know, for organizations as small as ours, less than $10 million a year in sales, or, you know, or as big as Sony, who obviously needs some procurement help, Robert, Right, because for three years they have not been able to produce enough of their PS5 consoles, and it and the, it's the same issue every year. They can't get supplies, so um, I dare you to go get them. Robert. <laughs> let's, go. Um, let's go. I'll give you an update after the. Um, but it, but it is. I mean, even even companies that size can benefit from this just because of the focus and again the power of that that scale economy. That's right. Uh, well, couldn't say it better. So I uh, really have enjoyed today's conversation. Hey, uh, we're going to change that for that cliche. It takes an ecosystem. And once you have the ecosystem, hey, leverage it for there all the go. good that it can bring. So this this conversation's really been a testament to that. So again, big thanks to Jonathan and Robert and Greg. Uh, big thanks to all of our listeners out there. Hopefully you all have enjoyed this conversation as much as we have. But hey, it's not about just listening and taking it in. It's about taking action, doing something with it, right? Deeds, not words. On that note, on behalf of our entire team here at Supply Chain Now, Scott Luton signing off for now, challenging you to do good, to give forward, and to be the change. And we'll see you next time right back here at Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now.